0: Welcome to Pushback. I'm Aaron Maté. There is growing public pressure on the OPCW to account for its Syria cover-up scandal, the censorship and suppression of its investigation into an alleged chemical attack in Duma in Syria in April 2018. The response from the OPCW and powerful states that back it has been very revealing. They are basically refusing to address the facts of the Duma cover-up. And they're also even telling lies, as is the case of Fernando Arias, the OPCW director general. So this is what we're going to look at today, recapping how the OPCW has faced continued pressure at public forums and how they have responded with evasions and outright lies. So just to recap what the story is, for those who might not be familiar, in April 2018, something horrible happens in the Syrian city of Duma. Dozens of bodies are filmed inside a building. They have suffered some kind of horrific attack and they are dead. The U.S., Britain and France then bomb Syria days later. They accuse it of committing a chemical weapons attack in Douma and killing those people. Then the OPCW sends in a team of investigators. It's the first time ever that the OPCW has actually gotten a fact-finding mission to the site of an alleged chemical attack in Syria. About a year later, they put out a final report saying that there are reasonable grounds to believe that chlorine as a chemical weapon was used in Duma, and the inference of the report, although it's not outright stated, but the inference is that the Syrian government is guilty. But then we get a a series of extraordinary leaks, and these leaks show that the actual team that went into Duma for the OPCW did not reach the conclusion put out in its name. And in fact, that team wrote a report which found that there was no evidence of a chemical weapons attack in Duma and some of the evidence that they found actually pointed to this being staged on the ground that it's not being an attack by the Syrian government but all that evidence was suppressed their superiors tried to put out a bogus report back in June of 2018 shortly after they got back from Syria that added a whole bunch of fallacious claims including that there was a high level of concentration of chlorine gas That were not reached by the team now this led to an internal dispute and what that resulted in was the original team being sidelined from the investigation and after they were sidelined that led to the process that resulted in the final report so basically the final report was a complete distortion of what the actual team found but the actual team's evidence was censored and the actual team was taken off of the case So instead of addressing all this, what has happened? The OPCW has refused to account for the documented scientific fraud, and they've refused to meet with the dissenting inspectors who challenged it. That has led to this ongoing multi-year dispute, which has played out in international uh, fora like the UN Security Council and also at this European Parliament meeting. So we'll start with that. OPCW Director General Fernando Arias appeared on April 15th at this european parliament meeting and he gave some comments he was asked some questions but two members of parliament asked him specifically about the duma cover-up and his answers are very revealing because he both evaded critical questions and he even told outright lies so let's start with irish member of parliament mick wallace questioning arias and asking him if he will meet with the dissenting inspectors and address the documented scientific fraud in the Douma investigation.
1: In March 2019, the OPCW put out a report on the alleged chemical attack uh, in Douma alleging Syrian guilt, but a series of leaks emerged from inside the OPCW showing that the inspectors on the ground reached a very different conclusion. The so-called chemical attack, which the US, France and UK use as an excuse to bomb Syria, most likely was staged with the help of the White Helmets, a UK-US paid propaganda entity. We need clarity, we need the truth. As Julian Assange says, if wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by the truth. You are aware from the leaks, now in the public domain, that in June 18, a month before you became Director General, the original team report on the Douma incident found that there was no evidence of a chemical attack. But this was switched to a highly doctored version that made unsupported claims of that chemical attack. On top of the doctoring and censorship of the original report, there were other well-documented scientific and procedural irregularities. This includes the expert opinions from toxicologists who ruled out chlorine as the cause of deaths of the victims. Yet their opinion was suppressed in the final report. Also, we had false information leaked from the OPCW. Can you please conclude...
2: Sorry? Can you please go to your conclusion? Uh,
1: (laughs) Director General, the credibility of the OPCW is at stake. Why will you not heed calls from renowned international figures, including the organisation's first Director General, José Bustani, and several former team leaders from the OPCW, to meet with all the investigators, including the dissenting inspectors?
3: I cannot accept that you can call into question the work of an international organization and that you call into the question the word of the victims in the way you have just done. And I would uh, ask you, Director General, to please uh, forgive uh, what we just heard, which uh, seems to me to be fake news. I give you the floor.
1: President, why am I the only one that was interfered with here? Is there no freedom of speech being allowed in the European Parliament anymore? Vous What's
0: going on? So that is Mick Wallace questioning OPCW Director General Fernando Arias. Now, the person interrupting him is the chair of that meeting, whose name is Nathalie Loiseau. And she is from France, and she happens to have a vested interest in silencing questions about the Duma cover-up because Nathalie Loiseau served as a cabinet minister in the French government when it bombed Syria, along with the U.S. and U.K., based on the allegation that that there was a Syrian government chemical attack in Douma. So the investigation that undermined that pretext from the point of view of Natalie Loiseau is certainly a hindrance. And I think that explains why she wants to silence critical questioning about it and even apologized to Arias for that question being posed. Loiseau also interrupted another member of parliament whose name is Claire Daly, also from Ireland, when she tried to ask Arias about the OPCW cover-up as well.
4: Independent OPCW, which has the confidence of all member states, is absolutely vital. But sadly, we don't have that situation. And one of the reasons is the controversy around the so-called chemical weapon attack in Douma. It's a fact, sadly. That senior inspectors involved in this investigation, some of whom played a central role, reject how the investigation derived its conclusions, and has ale- a stand that OPCW management stand accused of accepting unsubstantiated or possibly manipulated findings. Something which has the gravest geopolitical and security implications, and we have a right to ask those questions. Now, the strategy of ignoring those allegations or smearing those who have made them, a tactic which was repeated by Mr Gonzalez today, is not going to make this go away. So can we have an answer to the questions? What is he going to do to resolve this controversy which exists? Will he meet the dissenting inspectors? If there's nothing to hide and there's no problem with the investigation, can we not just deal with that, clear it up in a transparent manner? If there is, we'll deal with the fallout. What is he going to do with the call from, not me, not from politicians, but from scientists and people like Richard Falk, Hans Van Bansponik, uh, Jose Bostani, that there needs to be and you please can conclude because you're repeating the question of your political and colleague. and scientific manipulation. Please conclude. What is he going to do about this?
0: So Claire Daly there, despite the interruptions, raises a very simple point. If the OPCW has nothing to hide and stands by its claims, why won't it meet with its own scientists, the actual scientists, who went to Syria and conducted the investigation and who even wrote up its original report, the one that got censored. ariass response is very interesting. First of all, he never answers the question of simply, will you meet with the inspectors? He instead resorts to a series of evasions and lies. So let's start with his first answer. He first tries to claim that no state has even challenged the OPCW final report's conclusions about Duma, which is a completely false claim. He um, then declares that the matter is closed.
3: The conclusions of the report, paradoxically, have never been disputed by a state's party. Even uh, the Russian delegation agrees with the conclusions. The question of the responsibility of the fact-finding mission is that it is based on an uncontested mandate. And I have no alternative but to say that the fact-finding mission report is the report of our organization and that the matter is closed.
0: So that's OPCW Director General Fernando Arias falsely trying to claim that no state party has challenged the final Duma report. When this issue has been playing out in a public battle for the last two years and Russia, along with China, have been organizing even meetings at the UN Security Council, which we'll get to later because one just happened, challenging the final report and raising questions about it. So that's an outright false claim. And what's interesting about that is that was a claim that was recently uh, lodged in a BBC podcast documentary called Mayday that tried to whitewash the cover-up and attack the inspectors who challenged it. And that podcast spoke to a purported OPCW official who was making these claims.
3: For members of the public who don't have hours to spend examining chemical weapons reports, it's all very confusing. But here's something interesting. The OPCW leaker, Alex, has spent time and energy disputing the idea that there was ever chlorine gas released from those canisters in the two apartment buildings. But when the OPCW reached its conclusions, the Russian and Syrian states didn't dispute those findings.
0: So it's obvious that, or it's quite reasonable at least to conclude that whoever made these false claims to the BBC is also feeding them to the OPCW director general as well, which speaks to one element of the coordinated cover-up here, the attempt to cover up the cover-up. He also then declares that the matter is closed. Right, okay. So then we go on to more of Arias and he then tries to defend the final report that came out by citing another report from a different body. That is a a UN mission that put out a report in August, 2018. So before the OPCW had put out its final report, and he tries to claim that that report and its conclusions somehow justify the OPCW's final report.
3: In August, 2018, that was months before our report. And if you have 30 seconds, I'd like to just quote three sentences from that report. It says that on the 7th of April of this year, that's 2018, in Duma, numerous
5: attacks were carried out. A vast body, of evidence collected by the Commission suggests that approximately at 7:30 p.m., a gas cylinder containing chlorine, delivered by helicopter, struck a multi-story residential building located approximately at 100 meters south of Suhada. The Commission received information. On the death of at least 49 individuals and 650 other persons were wounded.
0: Now, there's a few strange things about Arias trying to cite a UN report and not try to justify his own report. First of all, if you stand by your team's findings, you should defend them on the merits of your own report, not what someone else found. But this attempt to cite someone else is laughable. That UN report that he's referring to, it came out in August 2018. And the content of the report about Duma amounts to just two paragraphs. And that's because all of that team that UN team was doing was going off of what was already being reported in the media. And a lot of what was being reported in the media was very distorted. For example, initially in the media, it was said that nerve agents were possibly used in Duma, which turned out to be a false claim. Then it became chlorine. And what Arias also excludes from the quote that he cited there, he excludes that the report even says, the commission cannot yet make any conclusions concerning the exact causes of death. So even if you ignore the fact that this team he's citing didn't even enter Syria and wrote a grand total of two paragraphs, he excludes that line right there. And that is a part of a pattern. Then he goes on to be even more farcical. He tries to cite a report put up by the UN from March 2017, so more than a year before the incident in Duma.
3: You're talking about Duma, but I can tell you that it seems that some members of parliament don't agree with our work. So I would just like to quote from another report of September 2017, of, of the United Nations, uh, the Human Rights Commission. That report also says…
5: On March 2017, the Commission documented 25 incidents of chemical weapons used in Syria, of which 20 perpetrated by government forces. Chemical weapons were used by government forces against civilians in Cancecum, in Alatamea, in Guta, etc. This is said by the United Nations, not by us.
0: So that's Fernando Arias trying to justify his organization's Duma report by citing reports from a different organization that came out years before the Duma report and aren't even about the Duma incident. And again, unlike his own team, the team that got censored, None of the investigators that he's citing got into Syria to do any investigation for their investigations that happened well before the one under discussion, which is Duma, which takes us to Arias's most ludicrous response so far. He tries to say at the end of his remarks that he doesn't know why the Duma report was challenged by his own inspectors.
5: Mm, Well, I don't know why. Mm, the, the, the this report about that was very much contested. Perhaps it is because there was an interim report about what was done before I arrived. But I never had the doubts that this is a report. Mm, subject so is closed. I'm satisfied with uh, what, what with my, my people do. Um, and this is what we have.
0: That's an extraordinary claim. He says... I don't know why this report was very much contested perhaps it is because there was an interim report about what was done before I arrived all right this is an extraordinary claim by arias because first of all he has previously claimed publicly that the inspectors challenging the duma report the final report were quote erroneous uninformed and wrong So if you're now trying to say that you don't know why the Duma report was contested, how could you have previously said that those contesting it were erroneous, uninformed, and wrong? It doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense because he's lying. He does know why the Duma report was contested. Because if he's managed to ignore all of the leaks that have come out, including the original team's report, which found no evidence of a chemical attack... If he's managed to ignore all the articles that have been written, all of the statements that have been sent to him in open letters, if he's managed to ignore all of that somehow. What he has not ignored, which we know, is a letter that RES received in April 2019, a month after the final report came out from Inspector B, who is the, that's how he's identified by the OPCW who was the lead author of the original report, the one that got censored, and also the scientific coordinator of the Duma mission before he, along with the other members who went to Syria, got sidelined. And Inspector B wrote Arias a a detailed letter laying out all of his concerns and why he was contesting the method that produced the final report because he witnessed firsthand and he protested all of the scientific fraud. And Arias, we know, received that letter because he responded to it. He responded to the letter. So there's no way Arias can now claim that he doesn't know why this report was contested. He knows exactly why. He just doesn't want to address it because it exposes a fraud that he continues to cover up. So which takes us to an event the following day where after Arias, it was the turn of the powerful member states, including the countries that bombed Syria based on the Duma allegation, the US, Britain, and France, to also try to avoid the issue. And this was at a UN Security Council uh, meeting under something called the ARIA formula. So it was organized by Russia and China to discuss specifically the Duma issue. They invited myself and they also invited two distinguished guests, Hans von Sponek, who is the former un assistant secretary general he oversaw the uh, un's oil for food program in iraq in the late 1990s but he resigned in 2000 because that program was imposing on syria the us-led sanctions that hans von sponick called genocidal so hans von sponick is a person of conscience and a distinguished diplomat and he has organized something called the statement of concern which brought together a bunch of distinguished signatories we've covered this before on pushback that sent a letter to the opcw expressing their concern about the opcw cover up of duma and asking that it be addressed and it includes people like daniel ellsberg noam chomsky tulsi gabbard richard fock roger waters oliver stone Jose Bustani, who is the first director general of the OPCW, and four other former OPCW officials who are also voicing concern about the censorship of the DOOM investigation and the political manipulation of their own organization. So Hans von Sponick spoke at this UN Security Council meeting, and so did Lawrence Wilkerson, who was also a signatory of the Statement of Concern. And Lawrence Wilkerson, for those who don't know, is the former Chief of Staff to Secretary of State, Colin Powell, uh, a retired US Army colonel. And it's interesting that he comes back to the UN Security Council because in 2003, he helped Powell prepare that infamous speech, making the phony case for the Iraq war. Wilkerson has since renounced that and spoken out about the crimes that he enabled and many others that the US does. And so here he was returning to the UN to confront a new pro-war deception, which is the Duma cover-up. We have published his remarks in full at the Gray Zone, and we'll link to that below. So this is just an excerpt
6: of Wilkerson's opening statement. This OPCW business really needs to get settled. We're never going to have a perfect set of international organizations because of what I just described, but we can do better. And when we make mistakes, tragic mistakes, which I think this is a case of, we need to try and correct them. And I applaud you for having this meeting and other things that are going on peripheral to it and ancillary to it that are trying to do this and all the people who are participating and trying to do it. Because here we have an egregious situation that uh, from everything I can see really calls on people of concern to straighten it out. And I like what uh, Hans just said about doing that, an independent commission and so forth. Um, at the same time, I realized too that it's difficult to do this sort of thing and to, in a sense, in a phrase, get away with it. Because the capitals I just enumerated and others will be trying to keep you from doing it. Um, there's no question in my mind that Bashar al-Assad has done some evil things. There's no question in my mind that Saddam Hussein did a lot of evil things. There's no question in my mind mind that Washington has done a lot of evil things, and Moscow and Beijing too. Um, But here is a specific incident where we are undermining one of those organizations designed by all of us, I hope, to keep that from getting out of hand to keep things on an even keel, if you will, to make sure people are in fact held responsible for deeds that they do, whether they are purported as such in the media or not. So that was Lawrence Wilkerson. Here is part
0: of the opening comments of Hans von Spohnig.
2: We are told that some 50 civilians died in Duma and yet the causes of their deaths remain unexplained. Going forward, these deaths must eventually be investigated as a potential war crime. The manner in which this serious controversy has been handled by OPCW management reflects the long-standing and systematic campaign that has sought to cover up any serious questioning of the OPCW through stonewalling and unacceptable smear tactics. Senior OPCW management has refused repeated requests by dissenting inspectors to meet and review the Duma file. OPCW also ignored to respond to inquiries by outsiders, including members of parliament. A statement of concern was signed in March by 28 internationally known and respected men and women, including OPCW scientists. Coming from very different backgrounds, they had one thing in common, the demand for a transparent, independent, and accountable OPCW. The statement of concern was received by Director General Arias, but returned to the sender. Returned to the center, to the sender without comments. An unfortunate act, in my view, of humiliation for the 20, 28 professionals who signed the agreement, Duma is, of course, about the protection of scientific evidence. But Duma is only part of a much bigger geopolitical confrontation. It is about honesty and the grave danger of politicization of facts. It's about preventing unfortunate precedents from replication. It's about the protection of individuals revealing the truth. Nations and people alike must be protected from unsubstantiated claims. This demand is what motivates an increasing number of people in all parts of the world to prevail in making the case for truth about Duma.
0: That is Hans von Sponek, the former UN Assistant Secretary General, addressing the UN Security Council. I spoke as well, and I kept my comments focused on one particular issue, which is debunking this excuse from the OPCW about why they haven't addressed the cover-up and met with the inspectors because they haven't said very much. They basically relied on the strategy of trying to smear the inspectors through leaks to state-funded media outlets, especially the BBC, which is funded by the UK, and Bellingcat, which is a uh, US-funded website, and that partners with the UK in propaganda operations, as Max Blumenthal of the Gray Zone has reported. But what little they have said is by way of excuses is the following. They say that the bulk of the investigation into Duma was conducted in the last six months of the investigation after the dissenting inspectors were out of the picture. And what I pointed out is that that claim is false. The The dissenting inspectors were out of the picture because they were sidelined. The original team was sidelined. And also the key dissenting inspector, Inspector B, uh, he left the OPCW because his term expired in September of 2018. But the claim that the bulk of the analytical work happened after that is demonstrably, demonstrably false. And in my presentation, I showed that simply by comparing all of the citations and facts that are listed in the OPCW's own reports. The original report, the one that got censored by unknown opcw officials and the final report the one that was published as well as the interim report that came out in july 2018 which was basically a compromise where inspector b prevented them from putting out all those false claims but in exchange he was forced to basically remove some of the key scientific findings with the promise that those findings would return for the final report, which of course they did did not. So that was my presentation, which you can watch by going to the gray zone and we'll link to it below. I will here just play a clip of my comments where I explain the basics of the Duma investigation, what has happened so far. If you know this already, or if you saw my comments, you can just skip this part. But for anybody who doesn't know the basics of this probe, this is just my summary of the cover-up so far. Thank you. I'm uh, very honored to be here once again. I really appreciate the opportunity. So it has been three years since the alleged chemical attack in Duma and nearly two years since the cover-up of the OPCW investigation into Duma was exposed. But yet all this time later, nothing has been done to address the serious flaws in this investigation. So what I want to do today is go through some of the few arguments that have been made by the OPCW and other state parties in trying to justify why they refused to meet with the inspectors the original inspectors who challenged the cover up of their probe and why they refused to investigate any of the scientific fraud that was alleged so again what are the basic details of this incident april 7 2018 something horrible happens in duma dead bodies are filmed inside of a building the U.S., Britain and France, a few days later, bomb Syria, accusing it of committing a chemical attack in Duma. Uh, shortly after that, the OPCW gets a team on the ground for the first time, actually having a fact finding mission, uh, reaching the site of an alleged chemical attack in Syria. They investigate. About a year later, in March 2019, a FANA report comes out and that report claims that there are reasonable grounds to believe that a chlorine attack occurred in duma and the inference of the report is that syria was guilty so it aligns with the narrative put out by the countries that bombed syria but then we get a pretty extraordinary series of leaks that exposes a major deception and these leaks show that the actual inspectors who went to duma did not reach the conclusion that was put out by the opcw and they actually found that there was no evidence of a chemical attack In Duma, they did not speculate as to what actually happened, but what they said is that there is no evidence of a chemical attack. Uh, We saw that because one of the leaks we got was the original report from the Duma team. They wrote a report that was never released to the public until it was leaked. That report was peer reviewed by the team. It was set for publication, but then something very strange happened. The author of that original report, the chief author who's been identified by the OPCW as Inspector B. He discovered that someone above him had actually been trying to rush out a bogus report, taking the original report, removing all the key scientific findings and adding unsupported conclusions, including speculating that chlorine gas was likely used and falsely claiming that there were high concentrations of that chemical. So, Inspector B thwarted the publication of this bogus report because he sent an email of protest that was sent out to all the Duma team members and some officials. That led to the publication of the interim report in early July 2018. The interim report removed the bogus claims of the uh, uh, doctored bogus report, but it also removed some of the key claims of the original report, so it was sort of a compromise. And around that time, something else very curious happened. A U.S. delegation visited the duma team and tried to lobby them into reaching the conclusion that there was a chlorine attack now it's very common as we know for state parties to share information share views share intelligence but a one-on-one briefing in which the inspectors who are supposed to be protected comes face to face with a u.s delegation is very unusual uh the first director general of the opcw jose Bustani, told me at the gray zone that he would never have allowed such a meeting to take place something else happens around then too the original team including uh, inspector b who was the chief author of the original report they are all sidelined they're taken off the duma investigation and they're replaced by a so-called core team uh and this is comprised mostly of people who never set foot in syria and that is the team that produced the final report So then we get these leaks showing all this happening. And then what happens? Well, the OPCW refuses to meet with the inspectors. Uh, They uh, refuse to investigate the doctoring of the original report. Uh, The um, when Jose Bustani, the first director general of the OPCW, when he tries to speak at the UN Security Council when he was invited, certain members, certain member states block him from speaking. And what's interesting about that is Jose Bustani, being the first director general, helped design the protocols used for inspections missions, inspection missions like Duma. He also worked with the key dissenting inspectors because these two inspectors, they're so experienced at the OPCW, that their tenure coincides with the organization's first leader. And also he has experience in what we're talking about today, which is that putting pressure on the OPCW, because when he was the chief, he was forced out by the U.S., because he was standing in the way of the of the Iraq War. He was trying to bring Iraq into the Chemical Weapons Convention, and he was even physically threatened, uh, as he has talked about publicly. And meanwhile, also uh, some deceptive claims are put out in the media about the inspectors. They are disseminated through state funded outlets, including the BBC, funded by the UK, and also a website called Bellingcat, which is funded by the US, making false claims about the inspectors and the uh, and the investigation i close my opening remarks with a pretty basic observation that if there was not a chemical weapons attack by the syrian government in duma then someone else is guilty of killing these people somebody murdered these people and then manipulated the scene to make it look as if to make it look like there was a chemical attack and that's not even speculation that was actually discovered by riam dalati who is a reporter with the bbc who did a long investigation where he concluded unequivocally that the scene in the hospital in Duma was staged and that the bodies at the scene of the building where all those bodies were filmed, that they were repositioned. He claims he did a long investigation, but he has not put it out. But he did tweet about it where he says unequivocally that all this was staged. So if this incident was staged, then that means that someone staged it and someone actually killed these people who has not been found yet and if you are supporting the censorship of the of the investigation to try to figure out who killed these people then you aren't interested in finding out the real killers and then you cannot claim to care about the people who died in Duma you're actually you're actually spitting on their grave and that's what i pointed out in my closing opening remarks so finally i just want to close and say that the victims in Duma deserve justice on top of protecting the integrity of the opcw of international law of the uh, word of governments who claim that we have to bomb countries based on allegations, the victims in Duma deserve justice. And you cannot claim to care about the victims in Duma if you are supporting the censorship of the investigation into their deaths. Thank you. And again, if you want to see my remarks in full, along with those of Hans von Sponick and Lawrence Wilkerson, go to the and we'll link to them Below. But now let's go on to the responses or non responses from the ambassadors. And we're going to focus on the ambassadors from the countries that bomb Syria based on the Duma allegation and that have been most vocal in trying to defend the whitewash of the Duma investigation by the OPCW. So let's start with Richard Mills. He is the U.S. deputy ambassador to the U.N. And like the other diplomats, Mills's comments were characterized by basically a refusal to say anything substantive about Duma and try to focus on other issues and even accuse critics of the Duma cover-up of spreading disinformation.
7: The Assad regime's allies, particularly Russia, have repeatedly sought to block international efforts to hold the regime accountable for its use of chemical weapons and numerous other atrocities. Russia prefers to try to sow confusion instead, to claim that the facts are not the facts, that the crystal clear evidence before us is somehow corrupted. Russia seeks to discredit the integrity and professional work of the OPCW through fatuous and disbunked claims. And I'm afraid today's meeting further demonstrates This ongoing willingness to use the platform of respected multilateral institutions to legitimate false claims.
0: So that's Richard Mills, deputy UN ambassador for the US. He says that Russia seeks to discredit the integrity and professional work of the OPCW through fatuous and debunked claims. He has it in reverse. The integrity and professional work of the OPCW has been compromised by the officials who censored their own inspector's investigation. And then he claims that that allegation is fatuous and debunked. But who has debunked it? Nobody has. And certainly, he does not challenge a single fact that any of us, me, Lawrence Wilkerson, Hans von sponek laid out. And on that point, when he gets to acknowledging Duma, he actually tries to change the topic and what he does is he invokes a recent vote that was held at the opcw to suspend some of syria's rights at the organization and that vote is based on other reports at the opcw that accuse syria of guilt in other chemical weapons attack namely in the towns of latamiya and Sarakib. now i'll get into later why those reports are flawed But critically, they are not the issue under discussion here. The issue under discussion is Duma. And as I pointed out later on, if you have scientific fraud in the case of the OPCW's investigation of Duma, then that raises automatic doubts about every other investigation. So that is why you have to address the fraud that committed in Duma, because if you don't, then that undermines the integrity and professionalism to adopt Mills's words of the OPCW. But they don't want to do that because they support the cover-up. And we'll see that now in his next answer, where he tries to change the subject away from Duma.
7: And in this regard, let me say we've heard a lot today about the Duma report and, and challenges to its integrity. But I would point out the basis for the draft decision is not the Duma report. It's the attack on Latima. So in a way, we're talking about something that doesn't relate to the key draft decision before the OPCW and state's parties.
0: So that's Richard Mills saying that what we're talking about today doesn't relate to the key draft decision before the OPCW. What he's talking about doesn't relate to the documented fraud in the Duma investigation and the cover up that ensued. And that is why he doesn't want to talk about it, because it is so damning for not just the Duma investigation, but every other. And it is telling that that that, that is all he can say about Duma is that it's not the topic under discussion. And that is a willful choice on the part of people who do not want to address the fraud. And on that point, continuing on to France, uh, Nicolas de Riviere, he echoed Mills' claims about Duma being debunked when he tried to say that those who are claiming that there was a cover-up in Duma are doing so with, quote, pseudo-scientific expertise.
8: Mr. Chair, We have heard a good number of lies today. It is disturbing that so many efforts are being made to confuse, to protect a guilty regime and to paralyze international action. These accusations that seek to discredit the OPCW with pseudo-scientific expertise are just absurd. They do not convince anyone And above all, they are irresponsible. Instead of preserving the integrity of the Chemical Weapon Convention, these accusations contribute to undermining
0: it. So that is Francis Nicolas de Riviere claiming that those who challenge the Duma cover-up are doing so with, quote, pseudo-scientific expertise. The people who first challenged the cover-up of the Duma probe were the OPCW's own scientists, the people who actually went to Syria for the investigation and wrote up the report, the one that got censored. And now he's trying to claim that those challenges are done with pseudo scientific expertise. The irony of accusing the OPCW's own investigators of that is especially funny given who these dissenting inspectors are. The two dissenting inspectors that we know about are Ian Henderson and Inspector B. Both of them are so experienced and celebrated with, with the OPCW that their 10 years go back to the OPCW's founding in 1997. They've been with the OPCW since the beginning. And who are they? So, who is Nicholas de Rivera talking about? He's talking about people who are celebrated inside the OPCW for their scientific expertise. And I want to reach you a quote. This is from a leaked document that we've published before at the Gray Zone praising Inspector B. He is the key dissenting scientist here, the one who wrote the team's original report and was the mission's scientific coordinator before he and the others were sidelined and taken off of their own investigation. This is what an OPCW superior wrote about Inspector B back in August 2018, just a few weeks before Inspector B left the OPCW. This is what a senior OPCW official wrote. I can say without being unfair to others that you have been the professional in the technical secretariat that has contributed the most to the knowledge and understanding of chemical weapons chemistry applied to inspections. You produced a lot of knowledge and unselfishly shared every bit of what you know with others enthusiastically. I thank you very much for this. So here is an OPCW senior executive telling Inspector B that he has contributed the most to the knowledge and understanding of chemical weapons chemistry applied to inspections, which is exactly the expertise that is required for a chemical weapons investigation in Duma. And this ambassador has the gall to claim that Inspector B and the others have pseudo-scientific expertise. That's the level of pseudo-diplomacy that is being on displayed here at the UN by the states who want to cover up this probe. So let's hear more from Nicolas de Riviere, And what he additionally says is very revealing. Just like Mills, Ambassador Mills of the U.S., de Riviere tries to claim that there is nothing to see here. But again, he changes the subject from Duma. Watch what he says here. He says that there was no conspiracy, that there was no pressure. There was no instrumentalization of the OPCW. But look what he cites as his example of that. He's not talking about Duma. He references the IIT report, which is not Duma. The IIT report is what was recently put out by the OPCW about a different incident in Sarakib, which is very flawed, as I'll discuss later. But the point is, to claim that there was no conspiracy and no pressure, he changes the topic to a different report, not the one under discussion.
8: The IIT report was written with great professionalism, Independence and a robust and transparent methodology. There is no conspiracy. There is no pressure. There is no instrumentalization of OPCW. There is just and simply the
0: cold reality of the facts. We all know these facts. So, again, While people like myself certainly think that this recent IIT report is very flawed, which I'll detail later on, that's not the report we're discussing. We're not saying that there was pressure or a conspiracy in the IIT report, or at least not one that we know about, for sure. What we know is the conspiracy and pressure that took place in the Duma report, and that is why this French ambassador doesn't want to discuss it and tries to pretend that we're talking about something else, because that is the conspiracy and pressure that is documented for which there is ample evidence that these diplomats are trying to avoid. So moving on to another delegation, this is the uh, UK. Again, the UK along with France and the US bomb Syria based on the Duma allegation. So Ambassador Jonathan Allen, he's the deputy ambassador to the UN for the the UK. Uh, He again tries to make some lofty claim about how it's his delegation and others that are trying to protect the OPCW from compromise, and that Russia, by organizing a meeting like this, is trying to challenge the nature of objective truth.
9: The OPCW has now found Syria responsible for multiple chemical weapons attacks and other serious failures to meet its obligations as a state party. But the truth is that today's meeting is not about the evidence. It's got nothing to do with protecting developing countries or upholding the non-proliferation regime. The truth is that today's meeting is the latest manifestation of a systematic disinformation campaign designed to shield the Assad regime and its backers from accountability for its use of chemical weapons, whatever the cost to the international non-proliferation regime. We've heard much about the OPCW fact-finding missions investigation in Juneau, Russia has tried to call into question the integrity of the OPCW, to undermine the international consensus against the use of chemical weapons, and to challenge the nature of objective truth.
0: So that is Ambassador Allen of the UK, the deputy UK ambassador to the UN, trying to claim that Russia and others who raised the facts about the Duma cover-up are challenging the nature of objective truth. Well, as I told Ambassador Allen later on in the meeting, there is no bigger example, I think, of challenging the nature of objective truth by pretending that the OPCW inspectors who went to Syria are somehow a part of a Russian conspiracy to discredit the OPCW and by refusing to address the facts that they documented, not just the facts of their investigation in Duma, but then the facts that there was a cover-up for which there is ample documentation. And I told this to Ambassador Allen later on, and I also asked him and Ambassador Mills of the US a very simple question. There is a proposal from Hans von Sponick and his group, the Berlin Group, for the Duma issue to be put before the OPCW's own scientific advisory board, not Russia's advisory board or China's advisory board, the OPCW's. And I asked them if they will agree to that proposal and if not why not i want to ask a direct question to the ambassador from the us ambassador mills and ambassador allen of the uk there is a proposal now from hans von sponick that he said before for this matter the duma fraud to be taken up by the opcw's scientific advisory board its own scientific advisory board not russia's china uh, advisory board or china's the OPCW's own scientific advisory board. The proposal is for that board to look at the Duma evidence and to meet with the inspectors on the original team. Will you support that proposal? And if you don't, please explain why. I'd love to hear an answer to that today. Thank you. I did not get an answer to that question. I was told later in the meeting that ambassadors Mills and Allen of the US and UK had already left the meeting. After the meeting happened, I was then told that actually they weren't even there by the time that I posed my question. So I don't want to suggest that they ducked out of the meeting after getting my question. If my source is correct, then they were not around to receive it. But regardless, the question has been posed, and I do hope to get an answer because it's a very important one. If you have actual confidence in the OPCW's integrity and you have confidence in the findings of the DOOM investigation, the one that got publicly released, then you shouldn't object to the opcw's own scientific advisory board adjudicating the dispute and hearing from the dissenting inspectors weighing the evidence of theirs that was suppressed and deciding who is right here i suspect we will not be hearing an answer to this question and if we do i don't think these states will support this proposal because i think they know that their claims cannot withstand scrutiny that in fact The findings of the OPCW team, the original team, were suppressed for a reason because it undermined the preferred narrative that Syria was guilty of a chemical weapons attack. And it's these states who are undermining the integrity and professionalism of the OPCW by refusing to trust its own scientists and using it as a political instrument to make unsupported claims for political reasons. So basically, they're doing exactly what they accuse their detractors of doing. Now, moving on to uh, another one of their claims. So in trying to avoid the Duma issue, they kept bringing up this investigation that was recently put out by by an OPCW team called the IIT. And it was of another alleged incident in a town called Sarakib. And the IIT report, using the ambiguous formulation of reasonable grounds, found that there was reasonable grounds to believe that Syria committed a chemical attack with chlorine in Sarakib. And that's the one that these ambassadors kept citing over and over to justify their refusal to address the facts around Duma. As I said earlier, if you're not addressing the documented fraud in Duma, then you're raising questions automatically about every other investigation, including Sarakib. And I pointed out, though, that even on the merits, there are ample reasons to question the Sarakib findings. Now, previously at The Gray Zone, we published a article written by a small group of OPCW insiders who raised questions about another IIT report in a place called Latamia, and we'll link to that too and you can read it. But they point out that these IAT investigations, Sarakib and Latamia, use very flawed methodology, starting with the fact that it violates the OPCW's own practices. So taking the samples taken at the scene, all those samples come from groups who are sworn enemies of the Syrian government. And in the case of Sarakib, this one that just came out, the OPCW acknowledges that all the samples came from one group, and that group is called the White Helmets. And at the UN, I pointed out the serious problems with that. Now, there was some comment made about Sarakib, this new report. I don't want to get too much into it because I think the fact is that unless you address the Duma question, where scientific fraud is documented, then that raises automatic questions about anything else, including SARAKIB, the investigation there. Let's look at SARACIB. If you read the report, it says that it's based on the information that was received from the original OPCW fact-finding mission team that investigated SARAKIB. And that initial OPCW fact-finding mission in SARAKIB states that they received all samples from one group. That group is called the White Helmets. Who are the White Helmets? They're an, organiza- they're an organization funded by some of the belligerents in the syria war the us and the uk which were involved in a war supporting insurgents inside syria also funded the white helmets the white helmets also have been working openly with al-qaeda linked groups there's videos of them taking part in executions and they were critical to putting out video of a hospital scene in duma that doctors at the hospital scene essentially said was staged because they said the victims there were not treated for a chemical attack but for, but, but, but for smoke inhalation. So according to this Sour Kib report, all samples that they received were obtained from the White Helmets, a compromised organization to say the least. Now, what's funny about this is that this violates the OPCW's own stated policies. And I wanna share with you a quote from Michael Lujan, who, is, uh, who was a former OPCW spokesperson, speaking back in 2013. This is what he says, The OPCW would never get involved in testing samples that our own inspectors don't gather in the field because we need to maintain chain of custody of samples from the field to the lab to ensure their integrity. That is the OPCW spokesperson in 2013. So according to the OPCW's own spokesperson and own policies, the chain of custody in Sarakib was violated. So that is what we saw at the U.N. and before that, the European Parliament attempts to deflect by invoking other compromised investigations like Sarakib and outright lies in the case of Arias, who really here, it should be said, is a really shameful figure. I thought perhaps early on when Arias came in that he was just being misled. He was not at the OPCW when the cover-up first happened in June and July of 2018. He wasn't there yet. So I was hopeful that he would maybe come in, see the facts, see what the dissenting inspectors were telling him, including in that letter he received in April 2019, and order an investigation for something that didn't even happen initially under his watch. He's done the opposite. He has refused any minimal accountability. Refused to even meet with the inspectors. And in fact, as Hans von Sponek said in the UN Security Council meeting, when Hans von Sponick and the other distinguished members of the Berlin Group sent RAS their statement of concern, it was returned to sender. He Wouldn't even open the letter. And then RAS has the gall to claim that he doesn't know why the investigation was contested, which is just absurd for so many reasons, as I said before. And it's an outright lie. And it shows the extent to which this person is willing to go to avoid reckoning with the cover-up. So he now really is the face of a cover-up, a cover-up of an OPCW investigation, a cover-up that helped justify the pretext for a bombing of Syria, and a cover-up that prevents us from finding out who really killed these people in Duma. So really, I don't hesitate to say that all these people, starting from, starting with Arias, and all the ambassadors who are covering for him are really accomplices to a murder. Somebody killed those people in Duma, and these people are censoring the investigation that tried to find out what happened and who did it. So this issue is not going away. And as we're seeing now, more and more people are speaking up about it. Um, In response to all this, the media has still been completely silent. And that is another part of the cover-up here. Though this is not just an OPCW scandal, it's really a media scandal now. Um, When you read reports now about Syria and the OPCW, you will not find any mention of the Duma scandal because it's too damning. Here you have the OPCW's own scientists saying that there was no evidence of a chemical weapons attack and that their evidence was covered up. And since then, they've been subjected to a series of vicious smears. So if you acknowledge that in your article, you're pointing to a very big story that undermines the core of all these claims about Syria and chemical weapons. So what is, what, is their, what is their response to that? They simply don't acknowledge it. And everybody is playing along with this. So while you can find coverage of this here at The Gray Zone, you can find it on The Jimmy Dore Show, you can find it at Mint Press News and World Socialist website and a couple of other small outlets All the major media outlets in the U.S. and even all the major progressive media outlets, uh, except for The Nation, where I wrote one article, but especially Democracy Now! and The Intercept are refusing to cover the story. The Intercept has refused to even acknowledge these whistleblowers existence. And Democracy Now! has done one segment on this over a year ago, back when the uh, first leaks came out. So actually two years ago now in 2019. And their guest was a guy named Brian Whitaker, who tried to whitewash the cover-up and later doxed Inspector B, later published his name. So that's how Democracy Now! has covered this. And maybe I'll speak more about that on another day. But it's just um, the media self-censorship is unlike anything I've ever seen, and it's a scandal in itself. The most recent development is that at the OPCW, there was a vote held to suspend Syria's rights. And they based that vote on the findings of the IIT in Sarkib and latamiya not in Duma because no one wants to talk about Duma for understandable reasons the vote passed um overwhelmingly and i don't know what happened behind the scenes but i have to suspect that there was some bullying and i think that this vote was actually a response to the Duma controversy and the and the growing outcry over it because this outcry is exposing the opcw as a tool of western states who are manipulating it to justify their wars. And so I think that this vote was taken to try to establish some fake credibility for the OPCW and endorse its findings in other investigations. And I don't know what happened behind the scenes. What I do know is what is documented in previous instances, where Jose Bustani, the OPCW's first director general, you might recall that I interviewed him last year, and he was ousted as the OPCW's first chief back when the U.S. was trying to invade Iraq. Why? Because Jose Bustani was trying to bring Iraq into the Chemical Weapons Convention, which would have been great for world peace, but very bad for the Bush administration's plans to invade Baghdad. So what happened? He was physically threatened by John Bolton, as he told me, and the the U.S. basically bullied the OPCW by threatening to pull its funding. So the member states had no choice but to go along with it to oust him, and Bustani even said that even if he had survived the vote, he would have still resigned because the OPCW couldn't function without U.S. funding. He came to
10: my, my office uh, and he stayed there for 15 minutes or more and said, I, I'm here to tell you that you have 24 hours to resign. But this is what the uh, uh, instruction I got from uh, this Vice President Cheney. Um, And uh, this is it. And I said, well, I I don't see any reason for me to resign. My record uh, is impeccable from my point of view and from the point of view of most delegations, and I don't see why I should resign. And he said, well, this is your call. Uh, You you know where your kids, we know where, where your kids are, so you have to think theories about that. Which I said, I know, my kids know, and I am prepared to whatever comes. And he left. That was it.
0: Did you take that as a physical threat against your children?
10: Well, you can read that sentence in many ways. Uh, I, I read it as a threat. <laughs> you can interpret it in many ways. My kids lived, two of them, in New York and one in London. So uh, I, 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 I did not expect him to mention that fact. Because uh, it wasn't called for. We are discussing my position in the PCW, not where my family was. Uh, so it, it, it made me very uh, worried and sad, I must confess. The threat that they uh, were making to me was that they would stop paying the budget of the PCW along with the Japanese, their allies, uh, if I did not resign. So that would be 40% less of the budget of the organization, and I could not risk destroying the organization because of that.
0: So I have to suspect that something similar is happening now. We're in a time of COVID. Countries are, vul- are especially vulnerable. They need vaccines. And it's a bad time to go against the powerful states, especially the U.S., who are so determined to use the opcw as a political instrument and so determined to whitewash the duma cover-up so perhaps one day we'll find out what happened behind the scenes here in this vote regardless of what the u.s can bully states into going along with no one can bully me and the others who are calling attention to this scandal no no one can Um, and This, covering the scandal, I just want to say, has been the honor of my lifetime. The whistleblowers who challenge the cover-up of their own investigation have done so at tremendous risk, at tremendous consequence, I imagine. It's not easy to go against the grain of such a huge scandal, a huge element of propaganda that is used to justify the ongoing Dirty war on Syria, the US military occupation of Syria, and the sanctions on Syria. When you see the US try to justify these policies, they invoke allegations of chemical weapons attacks. And here are brave scientists who refused to let their investigation be compromised for political ends, who refused to do anything but science and to do their jobs and have taken a very brave stance in standing up for that. So it is really my honor to be somewhat a part of the efforts to bring accountability to document the fact that the OPCW has been exploited this way and to try to find the truth of what really happened in Duma because these victims deserve justice and they often get forgotten in all the rhetoric surrounding Duma. The OPCW can claim that it did the bulk of its work after the original team left. That is demonstrably false if you just compare the reports as I did at the UN. R.E.S. can pretend as if he doesn't know why the investigation was contested from within when that's demonstrably false as evidenced by the fact that RES received a detailed letter of complaint from the key dissenting inspector and that RES responded to it. It's also further shown to be a lie by the very fact that he's previously claimed that the inspectors who challenged the report are uninformed and wrong. And so you can't say that they're wrong while also saying that you don't know why they contested the report. And these ambassadors can pretend that the Duma fraud doesn't exist and try to change the subject and accuse everyone raising the issue of being dupes of a Russian campaign. But anyone from the outside can see objectively what's going on. It's not just these two dissenting inspectors making this. It's not just me and a few others. Now there are five former OPCW officials who have joined in that statement of concern, along with distinguished people like Hans von Sponek and Lawrence Wilkerson and Noam Chomsky and Daniel Ellsberg calling attention to this scandal. And no amount of cowardly evasions and lies can obscure all of that. No amount of deception can obscure all of that. No amount of times you call someone uh, a Russian dupe or a Russian agent can change that. The facts are the facts. And it is those facts that we're going to continue to focus on until justice is served for the investigators, the ones who were suppressed, and for the victims of Duma, the ones whose murders are still being covered up.